0: Open your Bibles, everyone, to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. If you're joining us by way of audio or video podcast, Facebook Live, if you are a church member on fall break watching us from the beach, man, I am so jealous. It It just kills me. Although today is the most beautiful day in Kentucky I think I've ever seen. It is gorgeous here as well. So we all have enough to give thanks for today. It's a good and it's a beautiful Sunday. I'm in the middle of a sermon series entitled "Sing." This is message number three. We've been talking about uh, the wonderful uh, and beauty and power of of our singing to together in worship of God. And today, singing to one another. Um, if just come over you, it just ever anything, just come over you and you just you know have to sing. I mean, anybody, just, Has it happened to you like that? You just sort of bust out singing. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm like that just nearly all the time. There was a. However, a 38-year-old man, Montreal, Canada, a uh, 38-year-old father who was driving down the road, and uh, it just came over him and he started singing. It, it was a song that came on the radio. It's a song that's called I'm Gonna Make You Sweat. You know, it's you know, the great Christian hit, uh, Gonna Make You Sweat. Y- y- y'all know that song, though? Because, I mean, this song will do it. Y'all know it? Uh, it, it goes, Hit it, Seth. Good go, baby. Let's hit it. This is the song. You feel it? Yeah, see? Yeah? Yeah, it's that. It's it's that song, right? Like, how can you not? How can you not? Like, is there anybody in this house that that song comes on the radio while you're driving and you don't just have to pull over the road, you know, pull off? And so anyway... 38-year-old father, Montreal Canada. He's driving down the road. It's a beautiful day like today. The windows are open and the song comes on and he just loses his mind, you know, with joy, with happiness. He just cranks up the radio and he just starts to sing. And He's just going down the road like that. And he looks in his rearview mirror and he sees blue lights flashing, like behind him. True story. And so he pulls over first, thinking they just want to pass him, because he's just driving and singing. But they pull him all the way over, and four police officers, four, come up. They have one at each window. And he says, you know, officers, is, is there something wrong, something, the problem? And they said, sir, we just felt obligated to pull you off because we felt like you were probably in some sort of distress. He said... Distress? What what do you mean distress? They said, you know, multiple people reporting sounds of your screaming. They thought he was screaming, y'all. He said, I wasn't screaming, I I was singing. True story. They wrote him a ticket, $118 fine for bad singing. No, actually, it was. A, there's a city ordinance that he had apparently broken with his singing. Some sort of ordinance about loud, excessive noise that creates a community uproar. That sort of thing. I mean, how bad do you have to sing to, to, for the police to pull you over? I mean, if bad singing were a crime, I mean, you know, some, I mean, I'd be in jail. I mean, you know, they'd be tasing some of us. In, you know, this is in the middle of the service. They'd be tasing some of your tales. I mean, because if all that means like bad singing. But you know, when it just comes over you, and and sometimes it just comes over you, you just got to sing, whether it's against the law or whether you feel like you got a good voice or whether anybody's requested that you sing. I mean, sometimes when it just comes over you, you are going to sing. And according to scripture today, Ephesians chapter 5, where Paul speaks about what the Holy Spirit does, it's not just something comes over us, it's someone who comes over us. And when the Holy Spirit comes over us and fills us, we are going to sing. It's what the scripture says. Ephesians chapter five, verse 15. If you don't believe me, listen to the word of the Lord. Ephesians chapter five, verse 15. Listen to what happens when people get filled with the spirit. Verse 15. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but instead like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days don't act thoughtlessly but instead understand what the lord wants you to do don't be drunk with wine because that'll ruin your life instead be filled with the holy spirit singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to god the father in the name of our lord jesus christ and further submitting to one another out of reverence for christ Okay, it, 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 it's right there. If, if you didn't have your Bible open when I read it, open a Bible now so you can see what I'm about to show you. I want you to see how this section holds together because it holds together very, very tightly. What Paul is saying here begins with one master commandment. And it's in verse 15. What's the master commandment? How does he begin? So be, be careful how you live. Be careful how you live. That's the master command. And everything that follows is going to be explaining or or sort of fleshing out what it means to be careful to watch how you walk, to be careful how you live. Now, what follows are three don'ts. And this is how Paul puts together his argument here. Three don'ts. There are three different times where Paul says, don't do this, but instead do that. All right. So help me find those three don'ts. The first don't is in verse 15. Be careful how you live. Don't. Don't live like fools. Yeah. So this is Paul saying, don't be an idiot. that's just great. Don't be a moron. Like he's got to say that. Don't be a fool. Don't don't be an idiot. But instead, be like those who are wise. So notice the pattern. Don't, Don't do this. Instead, do this. Don't live like fools. But instead, live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Verse 17, don't act thoughtlessly. So that's our second don't. Don't act thoughtlessly. But instead understand what the lord wants you to do so don't don't be thoughtless instead understand what the lord wants you to do okay now verse 18 our third don't 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 be drunk with wine don't be drunk with wine that'll ruin your life instead be filled with the holy spirit so again the master command is be careful how you live but then paul gives us three don'ts and three insteads okay so don't do this instead do that and his last one is don't be drunk with wine but instead be filled with the spirit now what follows, again, is Paul now is going to flesh out what it means or what the, what the effects of being filled with the Spirit are, what happens when we are filled with the Spirit. And now what he's going to give you are four participle phrases, y'all. I haven't said that since eighth grade grammar class, English class. What's a participle? Oh, like your English teachers would be just, just so disappointed. What's a participle? Yeah, it's a, there you go. Miss Roberts didn't teach school forever for nothing. Uh, it is, it's an I-N-G word. It's usually a verb, a verb form, an I-N-G. And, a, and these are participle phrases. He's going to give us four phrases that start with I-N-G words. All right, you with this? So we're talking about the effects of being filled with the Spirit. And the first effect is an I-N-G words. And what is it? Verse 19. Singing. Singing. And then the next I-N-G word, making, all right? In verse 20, the New Living Translation kind of slaughters it because it leaves off the I-N-G. But in verse 20, the word is giving. So giving, thanks, I-N-G word is giving. And then in verse 21, don't miss this, the word is submitting. So when Paul talks about what it means to be filled with the Spirit, he follows with four action words, I-N-G words. This is what happens when the Spirit fills one of us. Singing, making, giving thanks, and submitting. Now, let me talk about submitting for a second because we need to. Uh, This is one of those passages. What follows is that verse, verse 22, about wives submitting to husbands, and that's what the Word of God says. But pay attention to what it says right before that because it's critically important. Right before it says wives submit, what does it say? Verse 21, submitting to one another. And we're still talking about being filled with the Spirit. So when we're filled with the Spirit, all of us, one of the effects of that is this, this submissive character that comes over us. It is one of the attributes of Christ himself. Christ himself, who submitted to the will of the Father and submitted to the cross. So understand, submission is a Christian quality that should characterize all of us. We are all supposed to submit to one another. So whatever the scripture says to wives and what follows, the first thing he says is submission is for everybody. So let's just understand that because that's sort of a very important verse for a lot of people. It falls under this umbrella of everyone mutually submitting to everyone in the body of Christ. It's a glorious way to live, but that's not even the sermon today. The sermon comes from verse 19. Be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. Two things there. The Spirit causes us to sing to one another and to God. The Spirit does this. It's one of the effects, one of the consequences of being filled with the Spirit. He makes us to sing. Now, the first way he makes us to sing is to one another. The second is to God. Notice how Paul puts it in that order. The Spirit helps us make music in our hearts to the Lord. That probably comes as no surprise. we, We understand that. That's what worship is. I said in sermon number one of this series that all music is for God. And this is what Paul is saying here, that the Holy Spirit helps us to make music in our hearts to God. It's that private worship, that secret sort of devotion, that connection I have with God in Christ because of the Holy Spirit. That makes music that sings in my heart, and that song goes out and reaches the very throne of the Father. That's happening all the time, and that's the work of the Spirit in all of our hearts. And a beautiful music made in our hearts to God. It can be silent. A lot of us who don't feel like we sing well, we bank on this sort of thing that that there is music in our hearts to God, even if coming out of our mouths it doesn't sound very musical making music in our hearts to, to God. It, it sort of reminds me of what Paul says back in the book of Romans when he talks about how the Holy Spirit prays in us and through us and for us. Do you remember that? The Holy Spirit prays with groanings that can't be uttered by words. That Holy Spirit has this role in our hearts. And, and this is what the Spirit does. He, he prays through me. He prays for me. And he also sings through me and sings over me and and sings out from my heart. This is what Paul is saying, that the Holy Spirit makes this music to flow out of our hearts to God the Father. So there's this vertical dimension in in, in the spiritual life where my heart continues to sing praises to the Lord God. And the Holy Spirit makes it do that. Y'all with me? But, but now notice the first thing Paul says, that's not the first thing, that's the second thing, that's the second I-N-G word, making music in your heart. The first I-N-G word is different, it's musical, but it's a different direction. What does it say? Singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs among yourselves. So understand, the Spirit gives us the freedom and the obligation to sing to one another, Now you understand singing to God, but this singing to one another part may seem a little weird to you. Am I right? You don't really, when we come to church, did you ever really consider that, that we're singing to one another? How many of you like to be sung to? Actually, in our lives, when does anybody ever sing to us? Like when? birthday. Maybe birthday, maybe the only day of the year when anybody sings to you ever. Do you like that? How many of you love that? I love when people sing happy birthday to me. Let me see your hands. I love that. Yeah, one of us. Yeah, man, we will party with you when your birthday comes. Yeah, I remember when our son was little, we were on vacation on his, his birthday's July 11th, so we are on vacation, and uh, we had never done it before, but we were in a restaurant, and we thought, we'll get the the waitresses to come over and sing happy birthday to our son. He'll, you know, he was whatever, four or five years old. He's going to love this. He'll love that because they'll bring out the little, you know, little dessert and and all of that. So anyway, Casey and I say, hey, it's, it's his birthday. It's his birthday. And so in a minute, you know, all of a sudden, they just start coming across the restaurant, you know, hey, ho, 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 you know, coming out with the cake and sparklers. And at first my son's like, you know, looking around. And all of a sudden he realizes they're coming to him. And you see this look of horror. I mean, he's like that. He never. I mean, and they sang, and he never made eye contact with him. He's just like. And it was over. He said, "Why? Why?" And this is our our, our, our small boy. Why? Why would you? Don't ever do that to me again. I mean, he did. He made us to swear for the rest of our lives, as long as we all live, that we will never do any. I mean, he hated that. He hated that. How many of you understand completely what my son, you know, is all about? Yeah. I don't go to Puerto Vallarta or El Mazatlan for the whole month of my birthday, you know, because I don't want, I don't want that. I don't want that. So. What does this mean when the Spirit literally gives us this freedom, but also this obligation? We are commanded here to sing to one another. We sing to one another. This is what we do in church. Understand, you may have been thinking about this all wrong this whole time. You didn't come to church to listen to other people sing to you. This is not a show. You know, where you come in and you're like the audience and up here on the stage are like the singers singing to you. That's not what we're doing. We've never been trying to do that. This is not SkyPack. This is not American Idol. It's not about, you know, people singing and then you give it like the thumbs up or the thumbs down, whether or not you like that. No. This is not a show. This is worship. And you are the worshipers. You are the worshipers. If there's a a stage with people on it, understand, you're the people on stage. It's it's worship. You're worshiping. If there are singers to sing importantly in this house, you are the important singers. It's, It's your song that's going before God today. It's not that you've come to listen. You've come to worship. You've come to sing. If there's a spotlight to shine, you're in the spotlight. It's not on me. It's not about what happens up here. It's what happens out there. We sing to one another. This is what the Holy Spirit wants to happen. It's what he causes to happen. When we are filled with the Spirit, the first thing Paul mentions, before giving thanks, before making music in your heart to God, before anything else, he says, sing to one another. Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, we're going to sing to one another. This is what the Spirit wants. When he has his way, we sing to one another. It's going to get weird up in here, isn't it? If we start singing, I mean, it's what Paul says. Actually, it goes even further than that. If you ever read this, or I memorized it in the old days in King James Version, when it says, uh, be ye filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms. Y'all remember that? Anybody else remember the old translation? Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. It's that. And literally what Paul says there is a word for speaking. Now we're singing. But it's still more, more speaking, speaking to one another. But, but to tell you exactly what Paul says, the word he uses there is literally preaching to one another. Preaching to one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So, so our singing is, is, is preaching. It's, it's preaching. So it's not just that you're the, you're the, you're the main singers, you are the main preachers. This is what the Spirit wants. This is what the Spirit does. This is why we do what we do. No, why? Why singing? There must be a thousand different ways for us to communicate things to one another. Why does the Spirit want us to sing? Why? Well, remember last week we were talking about singing with children, and remember how I said that if you want to teach a child anything, you sing it to them, because what you sing to a child, it travels down deeper into their soul. Remember saying that? And remember how we talked about how for the rest of a child's life, those songs that are sung to them when they're children, those those songs will just sing back out of their hearts for the rest of their lives. So if you really want a child to hear something, learn something, understand something deeply, you sing it to them. So guess what? Here's the secret. We're all children. We're all children. So if we want to say something to one another that's going to stick, if I want to say something to you that's going to go down into your ears, but down past the head and into your heart, if I want it to travel down deep so that you can have this song for the rest of your life, understand, I'm going to sing it to you. We sing to one another because what we sing matters. What what we're sharing here is the most important news, the most important truth of all. We're singing the gospel. We sing the gospel. And as many sermons as I preach and as hard as I work to polish up a sermon and come in here and preach the gospel, I'll never preach it better than you sing it. He took my sins and my sorrows. He made them his very own. He bore the burden to Calvary and suffered and died alone. Oh, how marvelous. We were just sang that. But that's good preaching, right? That's the best kind of preaching. We're preaching to one another. We're singing to one another, but what we sing matters. And that's why we sing it. I would also say this, our singing with one voice is the sound of unity. All through the New Testament, the emphasis is that the, the body of Christ would be one. Jesus' last dying prayer for the, for the people of God were that we would be one. Lord, make them one, even as you and I are one. Jesus wanted the church to be united, united in the Spirit. And so truly, unity is one of our most important qualities, And the audible expression of our oneness, of our unity, is when we are able to sing with one voice. So when we, as one voice this morning, we're singing, oh, how marvelous, oh, how wonderful. Do you understand? That's the church together. That's the sound of unity. And singing like nothing else allows us to have one voice. We're one church, one faith, one body, one Lord, one God, one Savior of us all, one baptism. You know the story, right? We are one. We're united our singing is an expression of that one voice we sing out. So why is it that in so many churches, they divide up over music? This is where they're the least united. Yeah, Actually, if you read any kind of Christian magazines or sometimes hear Christians talk, I mean, they'll talk about the worship wars. What are they talking about? People fighting over music in church. Okay, can we just all agree that that's insane? I mean, didn't I just say that our singing with one voice is the sound of unity? So how the devil must laugh when he can get us to fight over the one thing that, that spirit-filled people should do that should bring us together? Why would we fight about music? Well, because we have different opinions. I mean, we all do. Y'all know I kind of like, you know, like, you know, going to make you sweat. And I know we're not going to sing that in church, but it wouldn't hurt us, you know, once a quarter. Just kidding. I'm, 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 I'm kidding. Not really, but I know. I understand. Uh, ain't gonna happen. But I, I like to sing, I, I like music. I like all kinds of music. But I got my preferences. And there's some songs that I've sung in my, in my life in church. I'm thinking, I don't care if we never sing that song again. Man, I've lived my whole life with the Baptist hymnal. And, and in the old days, you only got a new Baptist hymnal about every 40 years. 40 years. You know, I mean, some of those songs were horrible, y'all remember there was a song in the old hymnal called "God of Earth and Outer Space." It was horrible, It's horrible, and I like space. It's just a weird song just stuck in I mean, there's just weird songs stuck in there. The thing is, every weird song stuck in there is somebody's favorite. I mean, right now, you know, somebody's having a funeral and they're singing "God of Earth and Outer Space" because it was her favorite you know favorite song singing at my funeral. I mean, that was somebody's favorite song. So what do you do in church when they're singing songs, but they're not your favorite song? Sing, yeah. You just sing. You just sing. Rod doesn't like every song we sing. Y'all know that? He don't like every song we sing. Why does he sing songs he might not even like? Because somebody likes it. You understand? This is the sound of our unity. I mean, sometimes the song we're singing just may not be for me, but I look across the room and somebody else is really worshiping. God bless them. I can sing it with you. We'll get to my song eventually. Going to make you sweat by CC in the music factory. Yeah, yeah. Why would we argue about these things? I mean, honestly, it's hard to unite a group of people as diverse as we are. And we're all different, man. We got... We got redneck people in this house. You know, we got people still listening to, you know, Conway Twitty on an eight-track, you know, tape deck in your truck. Uh, God bless you. Uh, we're not ever going to agree on all this stuff. You know, somebody in this room, your favorite singer for all time is Loretta Lynn. You know, Dolly Parton. You know, <laughs> Dolly Parton, God help you. Uh, actually, she's pretty good, y'all. She's pretty good. I'll take it back. She's good. Um, she had an album called Little Sparrow that's amazing. So Dolly. Um, but y'all wouldn't all like it. That's the thing. You know, that, You know, if, if I come out you know, shout out to Dolly Pardon, somebody in this room thinking, get him off this stage. What? You know, Dolly? We're never going to agree about music like that. We just won't. We won't agree about instruments or how loud it should be. I mean, we just won't. So the unity is never going to come out of everybody uniting around one style or or, or one song. It's just never going to happen. Our unity comes from the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit, Paul says, and then everything else flows out of that. So you understand, if we're not united in the Spirit, there's no kind of musical makeover that could help us because music's not going to be what unites us the spirit unites us and then once we are filled and united by the spirit our singing becomes an expression of that You understand and let me say if you're a guest today woodburn is thankfully a church that we don't fight about this stuff and if you notice we just sort of sing a little bit of everything i think that's what paul intends he says don't be drunk with wine instead be filled with the spirit singing psalms hymns and spiritual songs Songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. I mean, scholars get into what's the difference between a psalm and a hymn and a spiritual song. And I'm not sure that saw Paul's point there. I don't, I don't think it's you know so, so much about how different a, a psalm is from a spiritual song. I think it's just Paul's way of sort of getting it out there. Because if he didn't tell us what to sing, we'd say, "Okay, exactly, Paul, what are we supposed to sing?" If all he said was "sing to one another," then our question would be, "What? Are we supposed to sing traditional or, or you know contemporary?" And Paul's just like, sing it all, sing songs, sing hymns, sing spiritual songs, just sing it all, sing all of it. Just let the Holy Spirit take control, and when he comes on, you just sing. You just sing to one another, sing to one another. We sing to one another. As I said, singing's the best kind of preaching. It's the best kind of preaching, and it's the preaching that we do for one another. You're doing it even as we sing today. You're a preacher. We're speaking to one another. We're, we're conveying the most important truths in all eternity, the, the truth of the gospel, the truth of Jesus and his spirit and what he does for us. I, I mean, this, these are the words of life we sing together every single Sunday. It's, it's the best possible kind of preaching. Have you never experienced it? I, I know you have. I know you have. You're just in church and uh a, a lot of times you just see you see somebody worshiping, you see somebody singing, and, and you can just instantly know, man, that that means something to her. And the minute you realize what it means to her, it starts meaning something to you. Has that ever happened to you? I mean, it's how we 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 preach to one another. We we sing the gospel, as I said, but 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 the gospel is so broad and deep and high and wide that. So many ways that we need the gospel. So many ways that we need to sing about Jesus. We sing a song uh, together uh, called 10,000 Reasons. Do you all know that song? Bless the Lord, on oh, my soul. 10,000 uh, Reasons. Do you all know, you know the song? Uh, it's the last verse that I always release. I, I release... Uh, I don't know what the word I'm going for, I don't stumble, I don't struggle. I just feel the weight of that last that last verse. Um, it's a verse that goes in, and on that day when my strength is failing, the end draws near and my time has come. Still my soul will sing your praise unending. Ten thousand years and then forever i I stop when we sing that because we're talking about your deathbed on that day when my strength is failing, the end draws near, my time has come, and on any given Sunday, anytime we meet there's usually somebody in the room and and Often more than one in the room who's battling cancer. And I know that when you have cancer, it's really hard to sing a verse like that. I've had cancer. When I had cancer, those songs were important. But honestly, they were so important, I I couldn't really sing those words in those moments. The song in Christ Alone, at the end of it, it says, From life's first cry to a final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. When you're in that moment of your life when you're thinking you could be closer to final breath than first cry. It's important to hear those words. But but I'm telling you, in those moments sometimes, I can't sing. I couldn't sing. What I needed to hear more than anything was, no power... (laughs) No power on earth, no scheme of man... Shall ever pluck me from His hand till He returns or calls me home. Here in the love of Christ i stand. You know, but I couldn't sing it. You know, I couldn't sing it. Because it was just too, too close to my heart. So I stand in the congregation and you all sing it. Others sing it to me. And in those moments, this is what I'm saying. That's the best kind of preaching. That's the best kind of preaching. When you see a saint of God setting up, singing the words that your heart needs, but your heart can't sing in that moment, man, that's, that, that's what we need for one another. When Paul talks about worship in 1 Corinthians 14, he talks about all the different things that we do from, from preaching and singing and praying in tongues, all kinds of things that Paul mentions. But this is how he sums it up in 1 Corinthians 14. When you meet together, everything that is done must strengthen all of you. That's his bottom line. For Paul, this is the point of worship, and and we often think worship is for God, and it is for God. That that worship is directed toward God. We praise Him, we we pray to Him, we sing to Him, and we do. But Paul always comes back to this, that worship is also about the body of Christ. And for Paul, the the real point of coming together is, is the church word edification. It means to build up. So yes, we are here to praise and worship God, but our whole life is praising and worshiping God. I mean, this is just how I live my life in God's presence, praising him. But when we come together, there's an opportunity to do something else. When we're together, I'm still focused on God because that's my whole life. But when I'm with you, now I can focus on you too. We are the body of Christ and we need each other. And everything we do is to strengthen one another. It's not just that I come in and let you strengthen me. I'm also offering strength. This is just what we do. This is why we come to church. And this is why as good as Facebook Live is, if you never ever come into the body of Christ and experience it, then you're missing out on the spirit-filled life of worship. It takes people. It takes being in the room with people. People who can give and receive strength with you. This is what worship is. You need people. We need each other. So that's why Paul says when it comes to singing, man, we're singing to one another. Not watching a show, you're singing to one another. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about how to sing to one another. Because I, I, I know, and I hate to, I don't even want to put this slide up because y'all, y'all are, y'all are going to think I'm weird. And I'm not the weird one, all right? Um, but here's this. When you sing with the church, look around. But don't be weird. (laughs) But look around. Now, I know you're trained to come to church and stare straight ahead. That's what you do. Because you're thinking that's what you're supposed to do. You just... Okay, let's be honest. How much fun is that? I mean, how much is that? I mean, you know... But let's do something. I want you to turn and look at each other right now. Just look at each other. Don't be weird. Just look at each other. Okay, what just happened? The longer I let you look, the weirder it got. I know, I know. No, actually, the longer you looked, what happened? People started smiling. What else? People actually started laughing. It got fun up in here, and all it took was just, you know, just sort of... Because honestly, you know, everything, you know, the, all the interesting stuff is probably behind you. I mean, go ahead, look behind you, and you see, well, man, preacher's right. Man, that's interesting back there. Yeah. When you sing with the church, I'm saying this very carefully, so you're singing with the church... It's not just singing at church, you're singing with the church. We are singing to one another. So look at each other. We're doing something together. It's weird to do something with people and never make eye contact. That's weird. Now, there is a way to make eye contact and be weird too. And understand, don't be weird. I mean, there are ways to look at each other that will probably help and ways that are weird. Just don't be weird. You know what I mean? Just don't like, like, Because that's weird. Or don't make faces like... (laughs) Don't be looking like you smell something. You understand? (laughs) But look around. Look around. There's joy in that. Have you never gone to church and had somebody in front of you because you're always looking ahead? Somebody in front of you is just, is just worshiping the Lord in, in a very free and beautiful way. And have you never just felt your heart stir at that? that? That's what's supposed to happen. I'm not saying we're putting on a show for each other. It's not a show. You're not performing for one another. But we're doing something together. And it feels a lot more like we're together if we look at each other. Now, I learned this from worshiping next to a young man named Stephen Ham who is always at the 830 service. Do y'all know Stephen? How many of you know Stephen? Stephen S. Downson, or Stephen is one of the most important men in my life. I, I love Stephen. And Stephen taught me this. He taught me to look around. Partly, and this is just all true, y'all. Partly is Stephen and I, we, we sit on the front pew together, and we both worship kind of wild. It's one of the reasons I sit on the front pew. Y'all, um, I sort of like do this when I'm worshiping, but if you worship like that and do this long, I end up walking and so it is very common for me to start a song like with my eyes closed, you know, doing this. And then, like, I wake up at the end and I'm like, oh, I'm like, like out of my seat and come back. And Stephen's just like me. He's just like me. So Stephen closes his eyes and he's like this and I'm like this. And y'all, we hit each other. We walk into each other. But the thing is, when the first time, like, I get, pooh, like hit in the chest because Stephen's like, bah. <laughs> this is all true. All true. Stephen, like, hit me, boom. And I look at him. You know, like, what? But any time I look at Stephen, he goes, (laughs) every time. Just like, isn't this great? And that's what he does. Like, isn't this great? Man. Now, I just look at him. When we sing together, I just look at Stephen and every time. I want to stand in heaven next to Stephen Ham I could sing with him forever Stephen has down syndrome y'all know um, he's really self conscious about the way he talks he came up at the end of the 8, 830 service and said would you tell everybody how much music I have in me so I'm telling you got a lot of music in him and, and when we come to church um uh, that's part of the gift he brings. Yeah. Scripture says everybody's got a gift. When the body of Christ gets together, everybody has a gift. And that's uh, that's, his, that's, that's his charisma. You understand? It's his gift. If you've ever been in worship with Stephen Ham, you have been gifted. So when you sing, look around, y'all. Just look around. I, I, I love... I I love to look and see someone who's just obviously feeling it. I'm not always feeling it. I'm not. I mean, sometimes we're singing a song of joy, and joy is not where I am. But but I look and, and I see someone who who's there and and it helps me get there. Or I'm not really into the worship moment, my mind's in a thousand places, but I look up and I see a sister with tears coming out of her eyes, and then it's like, oh yes. We, we bring each other back. We, we call each other into worship, and we do this together. We, we're always always doing this together. So let me just wrap up this way. Understand, you don't go to church alone to watch something. You and your family, you didn't come here today to get to sit in pews and watch something. This is not Skypack. Uh, there, are, there are better shows everywhere for you to watch. This is, this is not a show to come and watch. You, instead, you, you go to church with others. To give and receive spiritual strength We call it worship Of course it is worship But but Paul would say very practically We're giving and receiving spiritual strength We do that for one another I, I need this from you And in 23 years of preaching As I've said Most of us can't remember A single sermon I ever preached Me included, my wife included But we will never forget the songs we sing. So when we come here, if we're doing it right, and if the Spirit has His way, if it's strength that you need, you will find it in our singing. The Spirit has His way. When we get to church, the strength you need, you're going to find it in the singing. Pray with me. God, I, I don't like every song we sing at church. God... Um, I look around the room not everybody looks alive in worship Lord some of them look dead and to look around the room sometimes makes me just want to close my eyes again God it's hard it's hard because there's no church with a perfect music ministry no, no church Lord that sings all the right songs for all of us Lord there's no church like that and and there's no church full of perfect people or perfect worshipers or perfect singers for that matter, Lord. It's just it's just this, Lord. It's it's imperfect people who, you know, we drag our sorry behinds in here week after week, Lord. And sometimes we come in with the right spirit and sometimes we don't. And, and sometimes the songs drop and hit and sometimes they don't. And sometimes I am in sync with the spirit and sometimes I'm not. And this is why we come. We are imperfect people who come to sing about grace and acceptance and forgiveness and welcome. We are joyless people who come to find that the Spirit of the Lord is our strength. We are guilty people who come to sing to one another about grace and forgiveness. We are children far from home who come to church to be sung back into the Father's arms. None of this... It's perfect, but it's just so good. It's just so good when we can sing together, when your Spirit fills us, when we hear words of life and peace and strength and joy and truth, and those words go down so deep and come from a place so deep. Lord, we're not great singers But you are a great God, and your Spirit fills us and leads us to sing. So Spirit, make us to sing from hearts that are filled with you and hearts that know the truth and live the truth. Help us, Lord, to have ears to hear and eyes to see and receive the strength and songs, Lord, that we share together in this house. Lord, it's not about us as individuals, Lord, but... There is so much we can give and receive when we come here together, Lord, with open hearts toward one another. So open our hearts to one another, Lord. Help us to learn to sing to one another and not to make it weird. And Lord Jesus, I pray that your Holy Spirit would fill us in such a way where you have absolute control. So that the music you want to bring out of our cold, dead hearts, Lord, will ring out of our mouths and into the hearts of others. We pray these things in the name of Jesus for the sake of